So I just look at myself kind of like a dragon sitting on top of a pile of gold. When you buy from us, yes, you get great socks, but you help us hire people with different abilities and you're spreading happiness. Conscious Abundance is a platform that helps Latinas and Latina business owners to grow in their careers and yes, to make more money. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. You just heard some takes from our show, and I'll tell you, it was an awesome show. So stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, an intellectual property attorney specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not an attorney, but I do work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everybody. The show that's all about entrepreneurism, innovation, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Tonight, we have a lot of great content coming up. I'm really looking forward to the program. We have Shauna, the tax goddess, and I admire anybody who can put the word tax and goddess in the same phrase. So hats <laughs> off to you, Shauna. And then after that, we're going to have Valeria Allo, who's going to be talking about human consciousness and conscious abundance. So very interesting topics. And then we have a great company, and you may have seen them on TV, on YouTube. They've been all over the place. So we're very blessed to have them here. We have Mark Cronin and John Lee Cronin with John's Crazy Socks. <laughs> I'm, I'm already laughing. Before the show, we're supposed to refer to John as the big sexy. So when we <laughs> when we get into it, John, you're going to be right there. But then so. who's the little sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Is that his dad? Well, it's not going He's smiling. Just kidding. <laughs> so. so anyway, it's time for IP in the news before we get to our distinguished guests tonight. And so what are we talking about? Well, this reminded me of something that happened to us. Yes. So it's a trademark confusion case. Oh, so, we're frequently confused, but please proceed. Well, we went to Sedona, Arizona, and when we booked the place, we thought we were booking Adobe Village Inn and Suites in Sedona, but there's another Adobe Village that's outside of Sedona, totally self-serve, no restaurants, no people there to help you, no concierge, nothing. You were totally on your own. They left the key on the counter and that you never saw anybody. It was a nice place and we had a good time, but it's not what we were expecting. Not what we thought we were getting. Right. So in this case, there's another possibility of name confusion. So do you want to explain what happened? I'll do my best. This is all about curry pizza. And quite honestly, I've never had curry pizza, so I can't really sigh whether it tastes good or not, but it sounds kind of interesting. And of course, pizza is our favorite subject, but there is a trademark dispute between the Curry Pizza House and the Curry Pizza Company. So Curry Pizza House was there first and they had a successful restaurant and somebody who will shall remain nameless <laughs> decided that they Not would approach boy. the CEO and ask the CEO for, well, how did you make a successful pizza restaurant and what's on your menu? And it turns out that this person then went back and started their own pizza restaurant called the Curry Pizza Company, as opposed to the original Curry Pizza House. Right? Which honestly, I had never heard of Curry Pizza before I saw this online. I know. I'm, so I, it was I've, really I've had, distinctive, right? I've had Thai pizza, like with uh, peanut sauce on it. That was pretty good. Anyway, this name thief stole the idea for the restaurant. They stole their menus. And of course, now they're in litigation about it. But it just goes to show you have to be careful. You have to protect your brand. It's a good thing that the original owner had trademark protection now because they have something well, to fight with. Well, the other thing is like, what if Curry Pizza Company doesn't taste as good as Curry Pizza House? You go and you think you're getting the stuff that's really good. Like your next door neighbor said, go to Curry Pizza. You go to the wrong Curry Pizza and like, what were they talking about? This right. is terrible. Exactly. Not that I know. I don't know if it's terrible or good. I'm not. It's it, also just, the key on the counter of the hotel rather than the concierge service that you were expecting. Exactly. <laughs> so were we going to talk about our Reuben vacation? We're going to talk about our Reuben vacation. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a regular listener, you know that you can trademark smells, right? So when we were in Aruba, we went to the donkey sanctuary and we went there in an open air Jeep and the tour guide, who's a pretty bright fellow, parked us very close to the donkeys and said, 
does anybody want to get out and take a picture? And everybody just kind of sat there in the Jeep waiting for this part of the yeah, tour. Because you can imagine a bunch of donkeys in an enclosure, like 80 to 90 degree weather. And it wasn't as windy there as it normally is everywhere else on the island. And you're just kind of like sitting in this donkey poop smell. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like a smell that nobody should trademark, right? I think that you, you, even if you could get one, you wouldn't you wouldn't want it anyway. So it's like maybe you to clear out some spaces, you know, military trying to get people to leave or something. Right. Well, you didn't I bottled to, it to bring it home. Yeah. I said to the guy, I said, if I give you five bucks for the donkeys, can we go? Yeah, and he took it, made the donation. We were out of there in a minute. So I think that was his plan all the time. Yeah. Anyway, now it's time for Richard's Roundtable, and I'd like each of you to take the opportunity to comment on what we just talked about. Anything from trademark issues to just donkey smells. smells. Yeah, so. <laughs> to Arua. Shauna, the tax goddess, enlighten us with some tax wisdom. No, just enlighten us with your thoughts about this uh, this uh, whole tax situation. Comes later. <laughs> yeah. It all comes together, all the good bits. Well, I mean, one of the fantastic things, and and I've got stories just like everybody else does, right? Tax Goddess, as a, we actually own the trademark in the entire US for Tax Goddess. We have had hundreds of people on Facebook, on websites, on whatever, documentation, literature, use that name. Unfortunately, really, hundreds. We actually have templated letters that we send out to people. I mean, it happens at least once a week because wow. it is just such a good name. I mean, yeah, well, tax it's goddess. great that you got there first. That's amazing. You must give good tax advice. Otherwise people Yours. wouldn't want to copy you, right? Well, and that's part of the deal. You know, we're in the top 1% in the country for what we do. So yeah, tax goddess is a, it's a good name. It's a good brand and we do a good job, but you're exactly right. People steal that name all the time. Now, often I'll be very honest with you. Often it's some single person, you know, our, our firm is 70 people. We're big from that standpoint, right? Often it's a single person, they're in their home and they go, oh yeah, I've got this great idea. You know, they, they came up with the idea. They didn't look, they didn't research. They didn't see if anybody else had this name. They just started calling themselves the tax goddess. So in 99% of cases, they back off instantly. Here's a letter yeah. from the attorney. Here's our trademark. They back off. This is not a problem. We've only ever had one case where somebody tried to say, we got there first. Thank goodness. We have our trademark and our paperwork and all the details and no, you didn't, honey. Right. And so stop using the name. But yeah, we've actually had cases, unfortunately, somebody using another company where you're talking about the pizza's not any good. Somebody using another company. I got terrible service from tax goddess. They're posting that to our Yelp or our Google. Guess what? That's not us. We don't even have you as a client in our record name. So sorry, please remove this. But it can actually cause some damage because if yeah. you look at, for example, Yelp's policies, a review is a review is a review. Whether it's actually your company or not your company, it can actually cause damage. Yeah. And so it becomes a fight with Google or with Yelp, even though it had nothing to do with you. And you can prove it has nothing to do with you. It's that, it can I, cause I, some serious damage. Yeah, I agree. It's, it is really important. Valeria, what are your thoughts? Even though we're going to talk later about consciousness and abundance, I have a lot of years in business. I come from a corporate career. I'm from Argentina. I came here 20 years ago for my MBA at Dartmouth. And I've been in corporate. So in corporate, we were extremely careful because I was in innovation, mostly for consumer goods, to trademark. You know, IP protection was a big thing that corporations did. And we were extremely careful to pick names that, you know, were unique and make sure we protected them. However, I have to say, five years ago, I pivoted my career to help entrepreneurs, and I've been working with roughly, I would say, 500 entrepreneurs closely in, in the last five years, mostly from Latino communities and communities of color. And I have to say, these small businesses do not invest the time and the money to protect their name. In my own experience, I find that there is not the awareness that of the importance of doing this. I have seen people copying names from each other. I have seen that. It damages your brand, but yes, there is this lack of awareness. And sometimes they are hesitant to invest, to invest time and money in protecting their names. So I'm very happy we're having this conversation on this platform because this really helps to bring this information to the community. The importance, particularly for small businesses, is about reaching out to experts and protecting their ideas, protecting their names. It is important. I mean, trademark really shouldn't cost much more than $2,500 
which is yeah. to a startup can be a lot of money. But before you invest thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars in your branding and your materials, it makes sense to check and make sure that somebody else isn't already using it because otherwise you run into problems. You know, people who are there first will start a fight. So, John? We've been in business a little more than five years. And from early on, we dealt with some name confusion, some of which was purposeful. The worst example was somebody who copied our website, literally copied the website and our mission is spreading happiness. They changed the word happiness. Otherwise, the text was the same. They backed down quickly, but we've had other things that are not necessarily any that you could trademark. Among other things, my partner here, you know, he's an entrepreneur, an athlete, a public speaker, but you also have Down syndrome. Right. Right. So we created a Down syndrome awareness sock and we had gone to see if somebody else had one. Nobody else made one. That's been one of our best selling socks. Now, lots of people make Down syndrome themed socks. They're not violating a copyright or a trademark in doing that. But one difference is they don't have John and they don't have the commitment we do of, you know, John's on the board of the National Down Syndrome Society and our socks raise money for the National Down Syndrome Society. So they don't have that. But we've had, you know, the crazy socks term actually was trademarked by somebody else back in the 90s. They don't seem to protect it. We're always John's crazy socks. One of our suppliers, who's also a competitor because they sell directly to consumers, has changed their website to crazysocks.com. So our lawyers are looking about having a conversation with them. Uh, wow. Well, that's but, excellent. You don't know that you need lawyers till you need lawyers, right? <laughs> right. Until you find out about these yeah. problems. Yeah. So I so, guess well, the IP takeaway message today is make sure you do a trademark search before you get started and pick a name that you can trademark. So we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And we have Shauna, the tax goddess, with us. I really appreciate somebody who can be a tax goddess and make, I guess, make taxes fun and interesting, or at least save you a little bit of money. So give us the five most important things that a tax person or somebody filing a tax return should be aware of. Let me start by saying you are 100% correct. Working with a goddess is absolutely a lot more interesting and more fun. (laughs) By the time I'm done with you, You'll be very happy. But top five things that you need to know when you're working on a tax return, and I'm going to also cover a little bit over tax strategy, if that's okay. Because to be honest, many people believe that their tax CPA, the person preparing their tax return, right? Years over, I give you my documents, you prepare the tax return. Many people believe that that tax CPA is actually doing tax strategy for you as well. And those are two very distinct things, right? There are 600, according to Google, 660,000 CPAs in the USA that do all sorts of things, right? Tax turns, audits, financial securities, all sorts of things. Tax strategists, there's only 607 of us. So there's a huge difference between somebody preparing your tax turn and somebody actually strategizing with you to protect your IP, make sure your business is running well, but look at how can we reduce taxes. I really appreciate that because when we've looked at our taxes, I, 
you kind of learn after a while what's deductible and what's not, but you just wonder, then you hear about all these other people who are quote, not paying taxes, tax. what, whatever it means. And it's like, what are they doing? You know? Yep. They have people like us, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is the fun bit. Well, and I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, baby entrepreneurs, right? You've started your business. And IP is a big thing. We look at that. We start the business. You might be two, three, four, five years in. You're starting to make some good profit. They go to their CPA and say, great, what do we do now? And the CPA says, fund your 401k and buy a car. <laughs> well, I don't need a new car every year, right? 401k, great retirement, fine. But really for a lot of CPAs, this is like the icing on the cake, right? This is the, the very, very top of that iceberg. It is not going into detail and looking at all those things. So the top five things that I would do if I were an entrepreneur and I'm looking to find the right relationship, okay? So first one, look to find the right relationship. Actually interview the person that you're working with, okay? Are you a strategist? Do you consider yourself to be a strategist versus just somebody preparing a return? Okay. What is your aggression scale? This is, I, this is something I want to know how to trademark or patent or whatever we need to do. <laughs> how fast have, do you drive, right? How fast do you drive? <laughs> well, and really 55 or 80, right? <laughs> it's a question of zero to 10, right. zero, meaning the IRS never calls you never, ever, right? Random audit. Fine. 10 meaning we're all going to jail, <laughs> right? Where do you want to sit on the scale? Because if your CPA says two, but you in your heart, you're an entrepreneur, you're probably an eight, okay? There's a huge difference. That's a lot of money left and on so, the table. But we're, we're, we're not actually talking about evading any IRS oh, no. rules. Oh, we're no. just talking oh, no, no. about, there's always in the legal and regulatory these world, these gray areas, right? And, and so and, you can decide whether you're going to try to take advantage of a gray level, but you would never actually counsel somebody to break a rule, right? right. Like for Thank instance, you. at Gearheart Law, we don't deduct yeah. our meals and stuff. Like some people will go out to dinner and deduct well, that's because everything. they're no longer deductible. Entertainment is not deductible. Meals absolutely are. Right. So, so this is an excellent example. Let's, let's back up right quick. Scale of zero to 10. Okay. An eight on that scale. So I am a CPA, certified public accountant. So a level eight means you're crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's. You might get a call from the IRS, but if you do, you're going to show them all the paperwork. They're going to go, yep, everything checks out. You're good. Okay. That's a level eight. Level 10, you're Al Capone. Okay. So when <laughs> 10, okay. a level nine, when you start talking about the gray area, that's your level nine, right? I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to make a choice and this is my choice and here's what I'm going to do. Okay. So generally tax status, we are at an eight. We will advise you at an eight. So side note, those meals are absolutely deductible. Entertainment, no. Meals, yes. So this is an excellent example of the difference between a level two CPA who often says, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to do the research. I don't want to break it out. I don't want to figure out all the numbers. We're just going to say it's not deductible and kind of ignore it versus somebody who's a level eight. The one thing people say they hate about tax status, we ask a million questions, literally a million, because I need to know, well, what are you doing on those meals? Are you talking business or are you really like out for a date, right? You know, what, what are you really doing on those meals? So you would ask me the, the top five. <laughs> I don't, don't want to get too far off track. Oh, no, no, yeah, keep well, going. I, this yeah, is great. You're so <laughs> sweet. Okay. Well, I, I did have a question though that please, I want to please. interrupt with, and I think you're yeah. kind of answering it. Okay. But besides looking like a goddess with that incredible hair, oh, oh my God, I love your wavy red hair. You do, you like, you look like everybody's picture of a goddess. What makes you a goddess? Is it being the level eight? That's a great question. I, I, I'm going to answer this in three parts. Okay. The first piece of a goddess, you are correct. The hair, I mean, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, re really, really, part of it is having a personality. R really, honestly, I can have a conversation with you. I can explain things in human English, not tax code, which is a big deal for entrepreneurs because they're like, listen, I'm busy doing my widget. I don't have time to figure out all the things you know. Okay. Uh, second one is education. So I'm ex KPMG, one of the highest ranked accounting firms in the globe, right? My entire career, I've been doing taxes for a little over 24 years at this point. Um, as you can see in Forbes, we've been an entrepreneur. We are literally ranked in the top 1% in the country for the knowledge that me and my team 
have, that we have built over the last 18 years. So a part of being the goddess there is I always look at myself kind of like a dragon sitting on top of a pile of gold. Because when somebody comes, right? So if John and Mark come or Valeria show up at my office, right? I am looking at for their custom situation. Are you married? Do you have kids? Uh, do you own a business? Do you own rental properties? Do you own cryptocurrency? Like, what do you have custom situation for you of my pile of gold coins? This one will work for you. This one will work for you. That one will work for you. And this one over here is going to work for you. So we literally build custom plans for entrepreneurs based on their goals, based on their situation, where are you trying to go? So Shauna, one thing Richard and I struggle with, and I think entrepreneurs struggle with too, is knowing what documents you have to have and where you can keep them. Like we did take somebody out to lunch in Sedona and she is a business. She was on the show. She is a business person. We didn't try to expense that, but I will probably need the receipt and an explanation and then a place to keep it. So what do you tell people to do for entrepreneurs who are trying to track deductible expenses like that. Absolutely. So the first thing is keep everything. Now that for many people, they're picturing all of a sudden 16 filing cabinets worth of 10 years. No, get a habit, build a habit. Every time you buy something, every time you get a piece of mail, pull out your phone, take a picture of it. You now have digital record with your hand in the photo or whatever, right? Something to prove that this was not like a made up receipt, something like that, right? Take a picture of your receipt and write on the receipt who, what, where, when, why. Do people try to make fake evidence and All fake day. receipts? All and does day. the IRS like really like catch that? Look for that and and you know do analysis on it? You guys are asking the best questions. So let's back up here. All right. So very first thing, as of right now, about a month ago, the IRS released a public notification to everyone saying we are now 24 million tax returns behind going all the way back to 2019. Okay. So it's a fact that I need you guys to know. Second one, about four months ago, the IRS released a notice saying, if you don't make $10 million or more, we don't have the bandwidth to even talk to you. Now, do people try to muck around with receipts all day, brother, all day, right? Because one of my favorite examples, we had a client buy a jet boat. Okay. Like it was a $70,000 jet boat, right? He tried to modify the receipt. He's no longer a client. Side note. <laughs> he mm-hmm. tried to, when I caught it, not, we're not, we're not playing that game. Tried to modify the receipt to actually say it was a piece of computer, like a specialty piece of computer. Equipment. Like the boat. <laughs> well, what did he do? Just type right? computer on the receipt or something? <laughs> and, I mean, and it was bad. It was, it was <laughs> you could tell, I mean, it was like edited. I mean, it was really bad. It was really bad. Really? Well, I, you know, it, I, something like that would never even cross my mind, but you know. So I, I do think it's a great idea though. Take the picture with your yep. phone because everybody has their phone. And if oh, you have it all documented on there and then everybody that has a Gmail account has a Google drive, which usually yeah. shows up on the phone. So you could just stick yeah. it all on your Google drive, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of programs where you can add it and add labels and do all the kind of fun, fancy stuff. But to be honest with you, if the IRS were ever to come to audit you and they say, okay, show me that receipt for that dinner. And you know, when you went to go take this person out in Sedona, great. Let me go to that date. Cause I have it in my calendar, right? Here's the date. I had that dinner. Let me go to that date, in my photos and here we go. And by the way, here's the picture of the three of us sitting at the table, like super easy, super easy. Ah, that's worth a lot of money. right I, there. I, I, can, I can guess that if the IRS finds one mistake, now they're like, oh, <laughs> the there's going to be open. more than one mistake, right? So if you can shut them down early, then shut them they, down early. they may. Absolutely. Yeah. If there's ever an audit, you want to be organized. What did I say? Cross those T's, dot those I's. Yes, sir, Mr. IRS agent. I have it right here. Would you like me to pull up the 400 other receipts that you need? No, no, ma'am. Like, no, We're that's done. okay. <laughs> exactly. And that's what you want. Now, of right. course, in the first place, what you want is never to have them call you in the first place, right? right. right. Which is why you cross the T's, dot the I's, you follow all the rules, all of them, all of them, right? Mm. Follow all of the rules. But if you do that, I mean, let, let me put it to you this way. In 2021, tax got has saved our clients over $523 million. And a lot of it, I'm, I'm going to use my favorite case. You guys talked about the meals that you didn't expense. There is a specific, so another tip for all the listeners out there. There's a specific type of thing. It's called an accountable plan. Okay. What an accountable plan does is it says as business owners, many of us buy something personally that really should have been for the business. Like this meal, 
right? If you paid for it personally, you didn't know it was business. Now, you know, it's business. You're fine. Right. So you can use this accountable plan to reimburse out of the company to you for those expenses. The company gets to take the expense. Well, many people are paying their cell phone personally. They're paying for their car personally. You might have a home office, especially in COVID. Everybody's got a home office. You're paying for your rent and utilities and power and everything else personally. Okay. Uh, My favorite case example, we had a client come in. They were spending over $190,000 every year personally that really should have been run through the business. Oh, I bet they so, were happy to meet you. Yeah. They were very happy to meet us. $190,000. So, <laughs> delightful chatting about taxes with you, Shauna, the goddess, so the tax goddess. Delightful. And we have to take a break, though. We'll be back right after this with Passage to Profit and our special guest this evening, Shauna, the tax goddess. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R rtlaw.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now we're on to Power Move with our fabulous media maven, Kenya Gibson. Who's our Power Move subject of the week? So our Power Move for today is CEO and founder of LaMake Beauty, Kim Roxy. It is a makeup and skincare line that she launched. And the power move here is nobody knew her product even existed. And what she decided to do was tap into the power of celebrity and get attention for her business by sending her cosmetic kit to Tiffany Haddish's 2020 film, Like a Boss. So what she did, she took a product kit. She actually sent it to the set of a movie and didn't know the movie was going to be about beauty products. And she got her product featured all over the place because it was featured in the film from there. So I thought that was a great power movement because Women's International Month, I just wanted to celebrate a woman CEO and highlight that power move today. You know, amazing things happen when you just try. Absolutely amazing. On to Fireside. On to Fireside. So I have a startup called Fireside Directory. It's a video directory of small businesses that I've been working on for a couple of years. I've talked about it off and on every show, but I'm part of a peer advisory board. So I have other people that are small business owners. A couple of the guys on there have been doing it for a long time. We meet once a month and we have to kind of report on our progress. And I have to admit this last month between Aruba and everything else going on, I didn't get a lot done. And those guys kicked my, you know what? So, so now I have to really get down to brass tacks and have something to show them next month. So, I do yeah, think so you better get on it. It's, it's good to have people who can keep you accountable. Plus they have really great ideas for me. And they're like, look, if they don't think I'm explaining this well enough, they're like, if you can't explain it to us well enough, you're not going to get anywhere. So you really have to work on how you explain it. So that's what I'm working I on. I find that difficult to imagine. You're on the radio. You have to be good at explaining things. I think there's just, I'm too close to it. And there's so many pieces Uh, to it. But anyway, enough about me. I have been so excited for these next presenters and they've been waiting so patiently. This is a father-son team. Amazing. I mean, we, of course, love family businesses. Mark Cronin and his son, John Lee Cronin, and they decided to make crazy socks. So John's crazy socks. Welcome. Tell us all about it. Thanks for having us here. This is a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's inspiring. And it's not often you get to say you were on a show with a goddess. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I get to say that every week, but. Uh, <laughs> points to you. <laughs> what we've created is a slightly different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. Uh, so we have both a social and a business purpose. 
and they feed off of each other. But overall, everything we do has one purpose. I, I spread happiness. Spreading happiness. But we started out of necessity because John here, John's many things. You're an entrepreneur, yeah, a yeah. sock tycoon, yes. an athlete, <laughs> a public speaker, yeah, yes. a dancer. Yes. But you also have Down syndrome. I do. I have Down syndrome. Down syndrome never me back. So when John was getting ready to leave school, he's looking around trying to figure out what do I do next? Like everybody else. And what were you looking at? I, I like a job program and school. I don't like the I don't like. He didn't say anything he liked. And this is an unfortunate reality for people with disabilities in the U.S. Fewer than one in five people in the U.S. who have a disability are employed. But John here is a natural entrepreneur. Yes, I am. And if you didn't see a job you wanted, what were you going to do? I, I want to I want to make one. And what'd you tell me? I said I want to go into a business with uh, with, uh, with my dad and nice father son business together. Which is pretty cool. Like uh, oh. I'm fortunate. I've got three sons. John's the youngest. And, and this is one I could work with. So, you know, we, we could make it go. And whose idea was to sell socks? This is my idea. That's just my idea. Why socks? Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. <laughs> it's creative. Oh, it let me be me. So when did we open? <laughs> we opened on Friday, December 9th, 2016. And we're here on Long Island, where you told you that before, outside New York City. So most of those original orders were local. And how how we deliver those? A whole delivery. We did home deliveries, John knocking on doors. Right? Well, jump ahead a little more than five years. When we started, we had 37 different types of socks that we could put on one table. How many do we have today? Today we have four thousand different kinds of socks. John owns the world's largest sock store. Yes. And we've now shipped 370,000 orders to 88 different countries. But if we get an order between our office and our home, what are you doing? I'm still doing a home delivery. Still doing a home delivery. Oh. So we've built the business really on five pillars. Inspiration it's and hope. hope. Give it back. Fun product you can love and make it personal. And the fifth is make it a great place to work. And if we're going to spread happiness among our customers and in our community, we got to start here. It's got to be a place where people love to work here, believe in the mission, are committed. They're making it personal. What goes in every package? Every package get a digging note from me. A handwritten thank you note. And a candy or Skittles. And some candy. Oh. We do everything we can, you know, in lots of different ways to make personal connections with our customers. So, you know, Coach Kenya, I know you talk about media and social media. We engage with our community on social media, but it's not transactional based. We're looking to create ongoing relationships and create customer experiences. The fun products you can love, we already told you the choices. Yes, we have a very strong social mission, but you got to have the goods. It's like, Shauna, you've got to have the great tax advice. So for us, it's a great website, great selection, great products. We have 29,000 five-star reviews and we do same-day shipping. An order comes in today, it's going out today. And you know we do better shipping than Amazon. And Jeff Bezos, he's not putting a thank you note and candy in those Amazon. I was going to say, if Bezos <laughs> showed up at my front door with candy, I would be floored. There you go. <laughs> um, giving back is baked into everything we do. So we started by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics? I am better Olympic athlete. And, and many of our colleagues are Special Olympic athletes. But now we sell products, we create products that celebrate different causes and raise money for those causes. So John created the world's first Down syndrome awareness socks. Right? Yes, I did. You got those there. I have those ones. But we now have 
autism awareness socks. We have these uh, pet, pet rescue pet socks. Rescue socks. And these well, raise money for organizations like the National Down Syndrome Society, the Autism Society of America, yep. North Shore Animal League. Yep. During the pandemic, we introduced healthcare superhero socks that have raised $50,000 for frontline mm. workers. I wanted to ask John a question if I can. Yeah. John, what is your favorite thing about working in the business? I, I like your videos, I do, I do a podcast. I, I like you up. Uh, Picking, uh, uh, helping picking orders, gift wrapping, podcast, pick engagement. Uh, so John doesn't like answering, picking a favorite. He'll just <laughs> it sounds like you've got a lot of favorites. Like, <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, I got on your website. It's johnscrazysocks.com. Right. And they're not just normal socks. Like, they are really cool. Like, I love your designs. I love the whimsy. I feel like they're a lot of them are whimsical designs, right? I think it's a great place for people to buy socks. I like giving socks as gifts. Like every Christmas, there's socks in the Christmas stockings, right? They're socks. In the socks, stockings. It's, Wait, it's that... something that yeah, socks in the stockings. But it's something people can always use. Well, one of the things they make great gifts because you can personalize it with the choice we have. You know, if you know somebody who's into golf, you give them golf themed socks. Or somebody into food or wine. We have lots of wine socks. <laughs> lots of there socks. You go. Right? And the story behind it is a powerful story. And when you buy from us. Yes, you get great socks, but you help us hire people with different abilities. More than half our colleagues have a different ability. You help us give back and you're spreading happiness. What's better than that? I think you guys have hit the nail on the head with your business. Now, my notes here say that you have turned this into a multi-million dollar business. Is that right? That is correct. That's a lot of wow. socks. Like any entrepreneurial venture, we've had some ups and downs. But last year, we did about $2.5 million in uh, gross revenue. This year, we'll probably top $4 million. We're entering the wholesale channel. Kohl's has already committed to putting us in 856 stores for the fourth quarter. We're moving forward. And you like to say, we're just getting started. We could talk for hours, all of us, I'm sure. This has been such a great conversation. It's such a great group to have together. But we're going to have to go to break. But we'll be back, listeners. If you missed any of this, our podcast comes out tomorrow on all the major podcast sites. It's on our YouTube channel too. You really should go back and listen to what these people have been saying because it's been an incredible conversation and some really great tax tips from Sean and the tax guys <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> so so you're, listening to, yeah, you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Coming up for our executive spotlight, Valeria Allo, and she is going to be talking about conscious abundance. So welcome to the show. And tell us, what is conscious abundance? Oh, long story short. I'm from Argentina, came to the US 20 years ago. I'm from a very small town in Argentina and first one to go to college, first one to step into corporate spaces. And I have to say that the first job that I got was in PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh -huh. So Shona, you're the tax expert, the most fun tax expert I ever met in my life. Let me oh. be sure. So, you know, I started my career in finance, then pivoted to marketing, joined Procter & Gamble, came to the US, studied my MBA at Dartmouth, but it's been all of my self-effort. My parents could not afford any of that, any of my college education. So I've been working since I was 17 years old, working full-time, paving my way. So how do we get from business and accounting at PricewaterhouseCoopers 
and innovation and brand management in Procter & Gamble and an MBA. How do we get to conscious abundance? <laughs> Essentially, my full life was about what's next, right? And a lot of effort as a first generation, as an immigrant in the US, a lot of effort, sacrifice, hard work to really succeed. And I put all my eggs in one basket. That was my career. And essentially pushing so hard through adrenaline. And I did really well, but I created some health issues and imbalances in my life. Until in 2016, I burnt out. I had to stop working. I stepped out of corporate. And I essentially, you know, started to see what can I do professionally with purpose, my mission to feel that I'm serving, that all my talents and all this amazing education and the opportunities that I got, I can use that for the highest good in a way that is also meaningful to myself and fulfills me. And I feel good and alive and vibrant because let me tell you that in 2016, I was not feeling very happy. And despite, you know, I had been here for 15 years to very healthy children, amazing life in a very good place, living in, in a very, you know, affluent place and all these opportunities, I was feeling very empty inside and quite in the darkness. So that was the trigger point of conscious abundance. And it started with the big challenge of doing something that essentially became the only thing that I did for decades that was working hard out of adrenaline and not out of enthusiasm and purpose, looking for the highest good. Conscious Abundance is a platform that helps Latinas and Latina business owners to grow in their careers and yes, to make more money. I really admire. So you went through this transition from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world. How long did it take you to kind of leave that world behind and then decide on a new path, a new journey? I had this hard stop in 2016, but for a decade before that, or maybe eight years, I was feeling empty. So I was already struggling, I have to say, successful in the outside, but struggling in the inside. And in 2016, with that hard stop, I went immediately into ground zero. And let's see what life will look like from now on. And let me share this story about a friend of mine who is from Venezuela and lives near my house. She said, let's go to this Hispanic Chamber event in New Jersey, the Statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce just to meet new people. I had never been with Hispanics because I had been in corporate, you know, mostly the only Latina in the room. And I showed up at this Hispanic event and suddenly after 15 years being in the US, I find myself immersed in the Hispanic community for the first time, hundreds of Latinos around me. And I really love the experience. And I ended up leading a full program for entrepreneurs, creating a platform for them. Now I'm in Montclair State University, New Jersey, doing the same thing, relaunching a platform, an incubator for entrepreneurs. Through launching a platform for others, it helped me find a platform to grow my own business and to refine my own business. So that's, it happened quite organically, but I had a hard stop in 2016. So Valeria, if a woman entrepreneur or even a woman working in corporate of Latina descent comes to you, what is one of the first things you do? Do you ask her her story and then try to help her figure out goals and things that she can do? Like, how does your system work? So the system goes first into getting into the mindset of that person and understanding the inner world of that person. One of the things that I have done in the last years, when I immersed myself in the Hispanic community, I learned that the struggles that I had as an immigrant, I was not the only one. Everybody around me and 50%. So you have 5 million Latino-owned businesses in the U.S. 5 million. Half of them are owned by immigrants. Half. That's huge. So I found that those who are immigrants or children of immigrants, we battle with our beliefs, the limiting beliefs we bring from our culture. You can call that a colonial mindset, right? Mm -hmm. We come from Latin America, countries that were colonized. And honestly, we grew up hearing that we were in third world countries. So mm -hmm. imagine when I come here to the US as an immigrant from a third world country, I felt very small. I'm like, what can I contribute to the first world economy? So we all feel the same. So the first thing that I do when I work with somebody through workshops and also the one-on-ones, I go deep into learning their experience. And I want really all of this, that trauma, the hurdles, the difficulties, the how you feel inside to come out. I want people to name it because when you give the, these situations, these hurdles, these difficulties a name, you gain authority, authority over them, you gain power. And that starts a healing process. Honestly, after all these decades in corporate America 
And with my own business, I had access to opportunities. I was promoted. I had global roles. I was flying around the world working with these corporations. I had opportunities, but inside I felt undeserving and unworthy. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you can get access and opportunities. But if the mindset is not updated to go with these opportunities, you're going to hold yourself back. So it's one of the big things that I work on is like the reason why we have a leadership and a wealth gap in the Latino community. Yes, there is systemic bias. We have that. But one of the reasons is also we hold ourselves back. So that's where I work with people. Where do you hold yourself back? Because we need to find that one point to unravel the rest of the situation that then eventually will help you, you know, grow and be successful. These things that I'm disclosing here, we don't talk about this. I'm removing the curtain. We're looking behind the curtain a little bit here, but we need to talk about the things and we don't. So two more behaviors that I have found through this research, one is competition. There is a, a sense of scarcity, a scarcity mindset. There is not enough for all. And because there is one chair for a Latino or a contract that will go to a Latino company, we all fight with each other to try to get it instead of thinking that the one Latino that gets to the table, to that chair, has to open more chairs for more Latinos to have that equal representation, right? So, so we compete with each other a lot. And the final one that is huge is colorism within the Latino community, which is racism. 25% of Latinos are Afro-Latinos. And Afro-Latinos have been denied by our own Latino community. I'm a white presenting Latina. And that gives me a privilege and also a responsibility of embracing other Latinos who don't have access because of the way they look. But that's something that within the community we have not embraced so much. There is racism. There is like a totem pole. There are categories. There is classism. So all of that happens in our countries in Latin America. And we bring that here as immigrants or children of immigrants. And it's in our mindset holding us back collectively and individually. So those are some of the mindsets in, in a nutshell. Well, thank you very much. I mean, after hearing you speak about these things, I feel a real empathy for people who are coming here for the first time. And I'm just imagining what it must be like to come here and have to absorb a whole new culture, a whole new way to behave, learning different norms, different rules. It just seems daunting. And right. I'm really glad that you're able to bring this perspective to us. Right. And the power that she brings is being able to to recognize what it is that's holding you back yes. and stopping you from succeeding. That's really what's powerful about your technique. So congratulations. This is amazing. I think you're just amazing. And where can people reach you and find out more about your book and contact you directly if they need to? The book Uncolonized Latinas is on Amazon. You can also visit my website, uncolonizedlatinas.com or Instagram, Valeria Allo. And I wanted to add one more thing. The Hispanic community will be 30% of this country in 2060. So this is a collective effort. So I always envision what type of 30% do we want to have? An empowered 30% that has self-confidence, that believes in their power, that embraces our identity because we're multicultural, multiracial. 30% is a big number. We all need to work together. Allies, Latinas, Black, Asian, all of us, all of us need to work together to really allow people to embrace the truth of who they are, because that makes them absolutely powerful. And for this country to continue to be the amazing country that it is, because we're all here, because this is an amazing country that I'm so proud to call home. I've been here for 20 years. This is where I gave birth to my children. So that we need to have these conversations for people to step into their power and continue with our diversity, making this the amazing country that it is. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you very much. So we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business, contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed 
licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. What a fantastic program this evening. I really enjoyed listening to our guests and learning from them. You know, I don't think there's another podcast quite like this one anywhere. Nobody else would do it. I I do have to say that the brilliant idea for this podcast, which we absolutely love, came from Kenya Gibson. So thank you again, Kenya. Thank you, Kenya. So let's talk about who we had. We had Shauna the Tax Goddess, which you can find at taxgoddess.com. And make sure that you see the actual goddess who has this beautiful, wavy red hair. She looks like a goddess. Don't mistake anybody else for her because she'll make you want to file your taxes i guarantee <laughs> you that she'll save you money, money. <laughs> i can't wait for tax time yeah. <laughs> i'm working with the tax goddess <laughs> and then valeria aloe with conscious abundance and she has a book and a website it's called uncolonized latinas.com You have to listen to her to understand where that name came from, but it's a very apt name. And she's had a really profound journey. I think we all have something to learn from that journey. Absolutely. Incredible insights too. And then Mark Cronin and John Lee Cronin with John's Crazy Socks, which you can find at johnscrazysocks.com. Incredible socks and what an incredible story and what incredible work they're doing in the world. I can't wait because I always need more socks. And for (laughs) me, the crazier, the better. So I'm going to- Jump the on their website. On your site. Yeah, I, I went on there. It was really cool. Absolutely. So parting words from our guest this evening, Shauna, the tax goddess. I think the biggest thing that came out of today's event for me is follow your passion, whatever that is. You know, honestly, people, you know, we've heard from Valeria and pe- people hold it in or should I do this? Should I really move forward? You know, John and Lee, right? Following your passion, doing what you're in love with. And I get it. Nobody else's passion is tax, but I'm all over it. So yeah, I think for me, it's just really follow your passion and side note, be protected about it. Use professionals, use a team, look at who's on your team, interview your team. Are these the people that you want to build and grow and thrive with? Kenya? Yeah. So today's show is all about goddesses and good people for me. You know, I really loved how the whole conversation flowed together and really just about breaking down barriers, right? There's the only limitations that we have for ourselves are the ones that we, we set. So I'm so inspired by what John and Mark are doing and what Valeria is doing. And, and I love what you're doing in the tax space where you're helping people, Shauna. So just a great show and a very cohesive conversation today. I'd like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, our production coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatterboss, and also our affiliate radio station. So thank you very much, our new audience. We really look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be back with another show next week.